Welcome to the Faith Lift Radio Podcast, where doubt is destroyed and your faith is lifted. Here's today's message from Dr. Glenn. All right, everybody, let's open our Bible to our foundational text, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. And while you are turning there, let's bow our head and let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for the Word of God. We thank you that the Word of God is always anointed. The Word of God is always blessed. And I'm asking you today that you will speak to my friend, that you will speak to my brother and speak to my sister and impart a word into their spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. I'm asking you, Jesus, Spirit of God, that you will think through my mind and speak through my lips. Thank you for these, your wonderful people. They've got ears to hear, mind to understand, and heart to receive the Word of God. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. All right, let's open our Bible to the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, and the latter portion of verse 8. So in other words, 1 John, 8, uh, 1 John 3, 8b It says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy. Now, the word destroy in the Greek is the word luo, which means that he might undo the works of the devil. So, notice that Jesus was manifested. The reason why he came into the earth was to destroy, to undo to loosen the works of the devil. That's what the word means in the Greek, to loosen and to undo, which means that Satan had humanity and had Jew in a bind or in a bondage. So last week we started this series with you entitled Identifying or Detecting the Footprints of Satan. Right? Detecting the footprints of Satan. So this is why we must understand that there are what is known as the works of the devil. John chapter 9, just laying back the foundation again. John chapter 9, and I want to read verse 3. Jesus answered and said, Neither has this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God, that the works of God. Everybody say, works of God. Come on, say it louder. Works of God. So we've just read in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8b, Jesus, uh, John tells us about the works of the devil, and now we're told the works of God should be made manifest. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the works of God manifest to undo, to loosen, or to destroy the works of the devil. Come on, lift up your hands and say this with me. Jesus was manifested. Come on now, lift up your hands and say this with me. Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Now say it this way. The works of God will undo will destroy, will loosen the works of Satan or the works of the devil. So the word is very clear. You've got the works of Satan, then you've got the works of of God. Just like I told you the other day, never attribute the works of Satan to God and never attribute the works of Satan, uh, the works of God to Satan. They're not kin 
to one another. So you have to understand that. Never confuse the two. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. When we looked at that last week, and I'm going to lay again this little foundation before we go further. Paul says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So what gives Satan an unfair advantage over your life is when you are ignorant of his devices. Now, look at the word device. Then go with me now to the book of uh, Ephesians in chapter 6. Ephesians and chapter 6, and look what the great apostle Paul says here. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you, meaning you, may be able to stand or to resist the, against the wiles of the devil. Now, circle the word wiles in your Bible. Or, and if you're taking notes, write this down. The word wiles is the Greek word methodia. Now, what word do you get from the word methodia? Method. All right, now, the English Bible, the King James, used the word wiles, and, and that would indicate uh, plural, all right, a plurality of while, but in the Greek text, it doesn't use the word, uh, the plural word, it just used a singular word, methodia. Now, so now you understand the word while is the word methodia. I want you please to write this down. What does the word methodia mean? The word methodia literally in Greek means a road to the mind. A road to the mind. Now, you understand the tactic and the device of Satan. He wants a road to the mind. You need to understand this. Whatever goes through, whatever enters into your thinking will enter and manifest outwardly in your life. Let me say it again. You need to understand Whatever penetrate, penetrates your thinking or your mind will eventually play out in your life. Whatever thoughts that you entertain will eventually show out in life. It's called gigo, garbage in, garbage out. So Satan's tactic is that he wants a road to your mind. Now, that's so important. This is why we've entitled this series, Detecting the Footprints of Satan. Now, why is that important? Because many believers do not know, do not detect the footprints of Satan. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me read that verse again, 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11. From another Bible, it says that Satan may not get the better of us. You don't want Satan to get the better of you. And it says, for we are not to be ignorant of his tactics. So when you are ignorant of the tactic of Satan, then he will get the better of you. And so one of the major tactics of Satan, all right, major tactics of Satan, is that he seeks to penetrate your life by looking to invade your mind. So it's a road to the mind. Like I told you, the strength of your enemy 
is your ignorance. Now, footprints of Satan. Everybody say that with me, please. Put one hand on your heart and say with me and raise your other hand. I'm going to detect, discern, and decipher the footprints of Satan. Now, let me just jog your memory. Many of you may remember, of course, you all remember this, that uh, there, have, there have been so many movies made about Bigfoot. Has anybody ever heard of Bigfoot? Well, right, come on, now raise your hands if you heard of Bigfoot. Do you remember years ago, um, there was uh, in, the, in the early 90s, they had this uh, comedy series called Harry and the Hendersons. I mean, remember that, okay? That was about Bigfoot. Uh, Bigfoot looked a bit like, uh, no, never mind, let's not go there. All right, so we know about Bigfoot. Now, when you watch the movies, that one of the ways that they could see that book, Bigfoot has been around by looking at the footprint in the snow. The footprints in the snow let you know that Bigfoot had been there. And if it was fresh, that means they knew, if the, the footprint were fresh, they knew that Bigfoot was somewhere around the corner. Well, today we're going to call Satan Bigfoot. And there are some footprints that he has left in your mind, in your life, that will let you know that he is lurking around the corner. Are you listening? Now, <clears throat> so today, I began, with you, I began this series with you last Sunday. And this Sunday, I'm going to show you 12. Uh, we're going to repeat a bit of what we said last week and then go from there. The 12 footprints, if you like, of Satan. Satan's 12 disciples. You know, Jesus had 12 disciples. The Israel had 12 tribes, all right? Now, Jacob had 12 sons. Satan is a counterfeit. And so, he also has 12 disciples that are meant to harass your life to bring pain into your life. So let's detect the footprints of Bigfoot Satan. Now, you know there's a saying in the, in the English language on the beaten path, all right? To beat a path means that someone has been, been there, walked so, uh, so much on it, they've created a path. Well, for many of us, Satan has got a beaten path, a beaten path in our mind. And so we've got to put a stop to it. You've got to put a stop to it. It is your responsibility to stop it. Come on, put your hand on your heart and say this with me. It is my responsibility to detect, to discern the footprints of Satan and cast them out. Never entertain the footprints of Satan in your life. The Bible is very clear. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Can you say amen? All right, so now let's look at the 12 disciples of Satan. Number one. Now, of course, these are not in order of importance. They are all equally important. We began last week that number one, worry. Worry. That is an obvious footprint of the enemy when he... That's the road to your mind. Remember the word methodia? That's the road to your mind. He uses 
worry as a road to your mind to invade your mind. But the Bible is very clear. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, Jesus, uh, Paul said rather, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. In today's vernacular, uh, don't worry about anything. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew, Matthew please, chapter 6. Praise be to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to show you this now. Let's see what the Lord says here in the book of Matthew chapter 6. Verse 25. Jesus is speaking. He says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life. Look at your neighbor now. Point your finger at your neighbor and tell him, take no thought for your life. In fact, do it with some boldness. Look at them and say, hey, you, take no thought for your life. Come on. Say to your other neighbor, hey, you, take no thought to your life. Now, what does that mean? Well, if you've got the NIV or a modern translation, the King James says, take no thought. But the NIV or newer translation will say, they translate this as, do not worry about your life. So what does that tell you? Worry manifests in the realm of thoughts. You hear me now? Worry, does what? Manifest in the realm of thoughts. You wouldn't worry if you didn't have that thought coming into your head. Are you listening? So the reason why you're worrying is because you are allowing uh, thought, negative thought, pirate thoughts to invade the privacy of your mind. But the Bible is very clear, ladies and gentlemen. The Word of God says, do not worry. So one of the, one of the footprints that, are, that you can identify as the work of Satan is what? Worry. And worry comes through the word The thought process. Are you listening to me now? I want you to write this down. Worry is stinking thinking. Say that with me, please. Worry is what? Stinking thinking. Now, let's write a few things down, please. Write this down, please. Thank you, Jesus. We're still on worry. Remember, in 1 Peter 5, verse 7 says, Cast all your cares, cast all your worries upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant. Why must I be sober and be vigilant? Because worry can just uh, intrude into your life. Casting all your worries upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists, Steadfast in the faith. Now, write this down, please. As long as Satan can keep you in worry and anxiety, he can devour you. Write this down, please. Worry makes you a prey and Satan the predator. You have a predator, a roaring lion, that goes about seeking whom he may devour. 
but he can only devour those who worry. So what does that tell you? Worry, worry makes you a prey to the predator. Now write this down as well, please. Worry makes you Satan's bait. Worry makes you what? Satan's bait. It makes you Satan's prey. And as long as you worry, as long as Satan can keep you deep in worry, he can keep devouring and eating up your life. So remember this. I've told you that. What enters in your mind will become your experience. What you entertain in your mind will become your life experience. What you ponder upon will become and manifest as your position. So let's get away. You can see and identify the footprint of Satan. Worry. Number two, fear. We were looking at that. Fear is the enemy's masterpiece. Okay? Job 3, 25, 26, Job said, What I fear, the thing which I greatly feared, has come upon me. Fear gives an invitation to the spirit of destruction. Fear gives what? An invitation to the spirit of destruction. Or fear gives your address to Satan. So we ought not to be walking in fear. Fear attracts the worst. Write this down, please. Just like faith attracts the hand of God, fear attracts the hand of the devil. All right. Now, we don't have any room for fear. Now, the Bible tells you that the, uh, in the book of 1 John, chapter 4, uh, <clears throat> verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has torment. Now, write the word torment, and the word torment comes from the Latin word, the Greek word, tormentum, which was a weapon that they used. All right, you know, remember uh, in, in the military, they use, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for now? Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, waterboarding. They use waterboarding as an instrument, uh, all right, against uh, enemy soldiers. Well, one of the weapons that the Roman soldier will use against criminals was called tormentum. Are you listening? So that lets you know that it, that is a weapon of the enemy to bring pain to your life. But when you walk in faith, you eliminate and you walk away from tormentum. Can you say amen? All right. Number three, the third disciple of Satan. All right. The third indication of that, the, that Bigfoot has been around, the footprint of Satan, is confusion. Confusion indicates to us that when you are confused, you are easily bamboozled. You cannot keep your concentration. Uh, you have difficult, uh, difficulty paying attention. You can't focus on anything that lets you know that somewhere along the line, Brickford has been walking around. Are you listening to me now? And you need to understand also that confusion, being bamboozled, 
being, uh, you know, you, 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 you're like this. You can't turn to the left. You can't turn to the right. You're stuck. All right. Witchcraft, when witchcraft attacks, it makes you, it makes you feel, it makes your mind feel like scrambled egg. Are you listening? You can't think straight. You have trouble staying focused on the task at hand. Uh, your mind goes back and forth. And you just can't keep your train of thought. You can't even pay attention to anything that you are hearing or reading. You're reading something, but it is, it's not going through to your mind. You're hearing something, and it may be happening right now, that it's not going through your head. Your mind is all over the place. That is a footprint of Satan that you have to get the victory over. Can you say amen? The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 33, God is not the author of confusion. You're not supposed to be double-minded. You're not supposed to be confused. You're not supposed to be somebody who don't know what you're doing. No, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I'm talking to you. Can you say amen? Number four, the fourth disciple of Satan, all right, that lets you know um, that Bigfoot is around the corner, walking around, creating a footpath in your life, beating a path into your mind, is when you see a cycle of frustration and hindrance in your life. A cycle of what? Frustration and hindrance in your life. Attached with hindrance is frustration. Wherever you find yourself being hindered, you'll find yourself being frustrated. All right? You'll find yourself being frustrated. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. All right? But a, when, desire, when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. A cycle of what? Uh, hindrance and frustration. Come on, lift up your hands with me and say with me, I refuse to be hindered spiritually, mentally, physically, financially in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say it again, please. I refuse to be hindered spiritually, physically, mentally, financially, physically in my life in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. All right, now, uh, let's go to uh, the evil disciple of Satan. Let you know his footprints around is, is in, in your life, or trying to operate in your life, is when you see delay. Write this down, please. Delay and discouragement that go together. Delay and discouragement, the what? They go together. These are the two big footprints uh, of Bigfoot, right? Delay and discouragement Frustration and hindrance are footprints of Satan. Let you know, and some of you, if you've been experiencing delay and discouragement in your life. All right, now, let's define delay. Delay is when something that you've been planning for, working towards, and expected it to materialize in a time, and in, on a timeline has not materialized. That's delay. And when there's a delay in your life, the enemy will try to trigger or put upon you discouragement. 
right? So let me say it again. Delay is something that you've planned for, you're working towards, all right, and expected it's for it to manifest or to materialize in a, uh, on a timeline, but you have not seen that. And so delay and discouragement go together. The second definition of delay is this, when a desire or a promise or an expectation that you have is taking longer than usual to manifest itself. It's taking what? Longer than usual. And so when that happens, it brings discouragement. Now, <clears throat> let me give you another uh, Definition of what delay, the spirit of delay does. It's like somebody in the realm of the spirit has put the brake on your life. You can't see nothing, but it's like, it's like your life has come to a standstill. Your ministry has come to a standstill. Your marriage has come to a standstill. And you can't explain it. But something along the line has put the brake on your life. It's time to break that brake off. Can you say amen? It's time, come on, lift up your hands and say with me with boldness. It's time to take that brake off. I gotta go at high speed. Come on, say with me. I gotta go at what? At high speed. Look in your Bible, please, in Genesis chapter 24 and verse 12. And that is what you want to believe God for. Genesis chapter 24. And I want us to read verse 12. And he said, this is Eleazar praying, all right? He says, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed today. Send me good speed today. Lift up your hand and say, O God, Give me good speed. In our church, we need good speed. In your life, you need good speed. In your finances, you need good speed. Now, come on, lift up your hands and say, no more delay, no more discouragement. Say, oh God, give me some speed. Glory to God. You want to be like Superman, faster than a speeding bullet. Glory to God. Somebody say amen. So that was another footprint of Satan, which was number five, delay and discouragement. Now, let me give you something else about delay. Um, delay, let's look at the impact of delay upon our lives. Delay will cause not only discouragement, but a stagnation. It will make your life to stagnate. Delay will make you miss your destiny. Delay causes lost opportunities. Delay will cause you to lose relevancy and influence in life. Delay will cause you, your life, to be out of season and out of, out of sync with the steps of God. Delay will make you feel like someone has put the brake on your life and makes you endeavors to make you feel useless. That's why you understand that delay is the footprint of Satan. You have to break that spirit of delay. Can you say amen? Number six, 
Write this down. The six evil disciple of Satan or the six footprints of Bigfoot Satan. Number six, you see repeated illness or repeated situation playing out in your life, in your family, in your children, and that is coupled also with uh, uh, chronic long illness. Let me say it again. Number six, another clue that Satan's footprints, Satan's around the corner somewhere, when you recognize the footprint call repeated illness or chronic long illness, repeated evil patterns playing out in your life. It's like you've seen that film again, it's being repeated again. You watch it live one time, playing out in your mother's life. Now you've seen the same garbage being played out in your life. It's called a, uh, a repeated ungodly demonic cycle. And you've got to break it. You've got to recognize it. Whatever you recognize, you can resist. Say that with me, please. Whatever I would recognize, I can resist. Glory to God. So, repeated illness or situation playing out in your life. Some of you say, well, it's just look, it looks just like I've got what my mother had or what my daddy had. No, you, you are not your daddy. You are a born-again believer. If any man be in Christ, he's a, he's a new creation. Come on, lift up your hands. Say, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. So, remember the, remember the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5? She was sick for how long? 12 years. And the scripture says she spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When you see a situation that is not getting any better, it is staying for a long time, right? That lets you know that is a footprint of Satan. This woman was in a situation that was not getting better, but getting worse. In Luke chapter 13 and verse 16, Jesus is talking to this woman, all right, and he lays his hands on this woman, glory to God, who was bound for 18 years. Luke chapter 13 and verse 16, Jesus said, and ought not this woman, being a what? A daughter of Abraham. Notice that, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, is that clue again, all right, lo, these 18 years, Satan had her captive for 18 years. That's a long time to be sick. 12 years is a long time to be sick. There's a man in the Bible, he was sick for over 30 years. No, 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 no. All right, now, so we know we can recognize a footprint of Satan when we see repeated illness or repeated situation, all right, evil patterns playing out in your life, in your family, in your children. You've got to put a stop to it. The chronic illness, the long illnesses that your parents went through, you've got to cut it off. Come on, lift up your hand and say, I cut it off by the authority of the superior blood of Jesus. That was number six. Number seven, let me show you another footprint of Satan, another footprint of Bigfoot Satan. Are you ready? You find yourself in a place 
You're born again. You love the Lord, but you lack confidence. There's no confidence in your life. Your life is riddled with self-doubt and low self-esteem, and you have low confidence or no confidence at all. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a footprint of Satan. Are you listening? Confidence, write this down, comes from what you know and who you know. Write this down, please. Confidence comes from what? Who you know and what you know. Now, we are told in the book of Joshua, be bold, be strong, be confident, be strong. Why? For the Lord thy God is with you. Why am I confident? I am confident because I know who is with me. I know who is in me. Do you understand today that you have three relationships that the New Testament believer sustains with God? What is it? Number one, it is God in you, God for you, and God with you. Come on, lift up your hands and say this with me. God is in me. God is with me. And God is for me. Because you see, there are some people right now who are with you, but they're not for you. But glory to Jesus, he's not just in you. He is with you. But boy, oh boy, he is for you. Come on, lift up your hands and say, God is in me. God is with me. And God is for me. So we should not be having any lack of confidence issue, go to Hebrews, Hebrews, please, the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, and we are going to read <clears throat> verse 5, uh, verse 5 and verse 6. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and verse 6. So I'm confident because I know who is with me, in me, and for me. God is. Now look at verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said. Everybody say, he has said. Who has said? God said. He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now look at verse 6. So that we may boldly say, so that we may confidently say, the Lord is my helper. So why can we say confidently? Why, why can we say with confidence? Because we know what God has said. So I am confident today because number one, I know who is in me, I know who is with me, and I know who is for me, but also I know what his word has said. Now, I know who is in me. Who's in me? Jehovah Jireh is in me. Jehovah Rapha is in me. Jehovah uh, Rohi is in me. El Shaddai is in me. Elohim is in me. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Put your hand on your belly and sit with me. Elohim is inside of me. El Shaddai is inside of me. Jehovah Rapha is inside of me. Glory to God. Oh, somebody ought to give God a Shabbat praise because greater is he that's within you than he that is in the world. Can you say amen? So confidence comes from who you know and what you know. Amen. So no believer and you, whether you're a lady, uh, a young man or a young woman, you ought not to look down upon yourself. 
You are the righteousness of God. You are blessed coming in. You're blessed going out. You are the apple of God's eye. Glory to God. You're on top and not beneath. Praise be to Jesus. So just be yourself. Be who you are in Christ. The Bible tells you that you are a partaker of the divine nature of God. So number seven, a lack of confidence shows you the footprints of Satan. So put your hand on your heart and say with me, I know who I am. Say it again. I know who I am. I'm a child of the living God. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm the light of the world. Glory to God. That's who you are. Amen. You are not what your wife said you are. You are not what the world said that you are. You are not what your husband said you are or that you were. You are what God says that you are. Full of confidence. Can you say amen? All right, number eight. How do you know? This is the eighth evil disciple of Satan. All right, the footprint of Satan is, write this down. You can tell when you have an addiction. When you have what? An addiction. You are addicted to something. Now, your mind is automatically going to, towards somebody who is addicted to drugs, uh, heroin, cocaine, methane, and so forth and so on. They're, they're, they have a dependence problem, an addiction problem. But how about this one? Because you may not be on cocaine and on heroin and so forth and so on, and thank God for that, but you are addicted to pills. You are addicted to medication. Uh, man, uh, some people take about 10, 12, 15 tablets a day. My, my, my. Some take it 10 in the morning, 10 in the evening. That is dependence on drugs. Now, medication is good. Nothing wrong with medication. But you ought not to be living a life where every day, glory, you know, you're just, you're just depend, your life depends upon you taking drugs, taking medication. If you don't take it, you start to have the shakes. If you don't take it, then you can't sleep properly. No, 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 no. You are a child of God. Come on, lift up your hands and say, I'm a child of God. You ought not to be addicted to anything. You ought not to be addicted to cigarette. You ought not to be addicted to bad habits. You ought not to be addicted to medication. If, you want to be, if you're going to be addicted to anything, oh yeah, the word addiction is in the Bible. Did you know that? Well, let me show you. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 15. Hallelujah. I beseech you, brethren, I, uh, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. If you're going to be addicted to anything, if you're going to be hooked up on anything, you're going to be hooked up on ministry. You're going to be hooked up on the word. You're going to be hooked up on prayer. Come on, lift up your hand. Say with me. Say, I'm a word addict. I'm a prayer addict. I'm a faith addict. Glory to God. Can you say amen? And with this kind of addiction, the, the, the only, uh, you don't have no uh, side issues, side effects. The only side effects is victory and more victory. Victory in Jesus. Can you say hallelujah? All right, so when people have addictions, addicted to medication, addicted to worry, addicted to other people. Oh, if I, well, you know, if I don't see that man today, if I don't see that guy or my friend, I can't leave. I, don't, I just don't feel right. No, 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 no. 
No, 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 no. You're not supposed to be, you're not supposed to be addicted to anything but Jesus. Addicted to the word. Can you say hallelujah? All right, now. Number nine, the ninth footprint of Satan. How about this one? And that may speak to you. You have no peace in your life. What, what, what do I mean by no peace? You have arguments, fights, fussing with everybody. You have argument, bitterness. You fight with everybody, division. I mean, here you are, you're one person, and you can't get along with anybody else. You can't get along with, you know, with the people on your job. You can't, get people, you can't get along with the people in your church. You can't get along with your wife. You can't get along with your brother. You can't get along with your sister. You can't get along with your brother-in-law. You don't even get along with your cat. Now, somewhere along the line, you'll need to realize that the problem is not the cat. You be the problem. When you have no peace, you're angry at the world. I'm an angry young man. I'm an angry woman. No, 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 no. That lets you know Satan is stomping. Bigfoot is stomping all over your life because God is a God of peace. Amen. I'm not fussing or fighting or bitter against anybody. Now, you may be angry with me, but I'm not angry with you. You may not like me, but I don't have any problem with you because I'm not going to hell for nobody. All right, I'm not going to lose my peace for nobody. All right, so number nine, ninth footprint of Satan is you have no peace in your life. Number 10, that's a big one. It goes together with the fight and the fussing and no peace. That is, you, you have offense in your life. You are easily offended. Whatever people say, oh, that just offended me. You are seeker, I mean, you're so sensitive and you get offended easily. When you find offense in your life, be it known unto you that Satan is stomping, beating up a path into your life. All right, look at Hebrews chapter 12. So that's offense, that's number 10, the 10th disciple of Satan. It says, Hebrews 12, 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness or offense springing up trouble you, and thereby many defiled. Many be defiled. Offense will defile you. Number 11, because of time, I'm going to cut it short quickly right now. Number, number 11, the 11th footprint of Satan roaming in your life is when you see lack of money, lack in your life, and you lose money without any explanation. You don't even know how you lose it. There's always lack. You never have enough in your life. You never have enough in your life. God has called you to a life of abundance. Can you say amen? All right, number 12, the 12th disciple or the 12th footprint of Satan in your life that you've got to detect is you have, you, your life is an emotional roller coaster. All right, you have emotional upheavals in your life. And you have high highs and low lows. And you are always emotional. I mean, you know, people have to walk around uh, on eggshell around you. Why? Why? Okay, because you, they, know, they don't even know when you're going to fly off the handle. 
They don't know if you're in a good mood today. They don't know if you're in a bad mood. That is, ladies and gentlemen, understand this. That is a footprint of Satan in your life. If you cannot harness your emotions and temperament, Satan will put a hook through your nose and pull you. So, now because of time, my time has come to an end. I've given you 12 footprints or 12 evil disciples of Satan. All right? This, this will allow you to detect and put an end to Satan so that he does not have an advantage over your life. Number one was what? Worry. Number two was what? Fear. Number three was what? Confusion. Number four, a cycle of frustration and hindrance. Number five was delay and discouragement. Number six was repeated illness or situation in your life, in your family, in your children, chronic illness and long illnesses. Number seven was a lack of confidence. Number eight was addiction. Okay, number nine was no peace. Number 10, offenses. Number 11, lack in your life, never have enough. And number 12, you are on an emotional roller coaster ride. No, the Bible tells you in your patience, possess your soul. You ought to be like God. You ought to be like Jesus. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Faith Lift Radio Podcast. For more information about Dr. Glenn and how to offer your financial support, log on to glenarecchia.org.